You're listening to the No Regrets Podcast with Kate. I am your host, Kate Hutchinson, author, healer, soul searcher. No Regrets is about healing. Healing the limiting beliefs that are holding you back from living the life you dream of. On this podcast, everyday people of all ages share their journey through this thing called life. Let their stories inspire you to never wonder what if and live with no regrets. Today, I have a co-host. I'm so excited that Angela Lawson is back on my podcast. I interviewed her a couple months ago, and I've asked her to join me on some topics that I think would be really good to like bounce off somebody. And so I welcome Angela Lawson. I want to introduce her really quick because she has done a lot. And currently, she is a chakra dance facilitator. And she has done Reiki and pranic healing and magnified healing, elation healing and angel therapy. And she's also a Young Living Essential Oil Raindrop Technique. What would you call yourself? Healer, passionista of whatever you want. (laughs) Essential oils. Oil, whatever. Drawers of it I've seen at her house. (laughs) Today we... I wanted to bring her on so we could talk about fear. And I had this idea to talk about feel the fear and do it anyway. And then I went on her website, which is dancinglight808.com because she's on the big island of Hawaii. And I noticed that she had a blog post that the title was feel the fear and do it anyways. And so I was loving the synchronicity of that. So it's perfect that we're going to talk about this today. So welcome, Angela. How are you? Oh, I'm so happy to see you again. It just makes me so happy. Likewise, girl. I'm so grateful, so grateful that you asked me to join you. Oh my God, I just love, I just adore you and I love you. And so I think that we connect so well and I just wanted to talk about just what you're doing now. What is chakra dancing and talk about fear. And I thought also we could start off after you kind of get into chakra dance, we could talk about the full moon. We are recording this on Monday, March 9th. We are in a full moon of Virgo. Is that what you said? Yes. And so there's a, there's a generalization of themes. And so maybe if anybody's interested in that, we can, we'll share, Angela will share that and we'll go from there. So welcome. Right on. So, you know, it's kind of interesting, too, because uh, Virgo's ruler is Mercury. And as we know that, you know, Mercury's going direct later on tonight uh, or early in the morning, depending on where you are. So, yeah, it's just, you know, Virgo's like the quality control of the Zodiac, you know. So it's like it's all about assessing, like, how, how are we nitpicking like are we nitpicking others are we being really critical and and not only of others but of ourselves and mm-hmm. is there something we can let go of that you know and uh, decluttering which is kind of funny because I think that as we're moving into the spring I mean that's kind of a natural feeling but you see how it aligns with the energies of the moon right, right. so mm-hmm. I think there's a reason that we have that spring cleaning but yeah, that's a, a decluttering that is a great way to kind of feng shui your life and kind of get you moving and maybe take some of that nitpicky energy and, and do something positive with it, sure. right? Uh-huh. Um, and then it's just about being helpful. I mean, think about Mother Teresa was a Virgo. So, you know, we can all learn a lot from that and maybe just um, maybe tap into that and see if are, are we being of service to others? You know, uh, we don't want to fall on the other side and become a martyr about it. But, um, you know, that might be something to think about too. But yeah, it's, uh, it feels intense for me. I don't know about for you, but I've felt this energy. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, it kind of makes sense with the nitpicky. Um, definitely nitpicky. Oh Oh, boy. (laughs) Like, I mean, mostly critical of others, I guess, more so than normal, I suppose. Um, But yeah, that the voice, I think you mentioned in your blog post, and we've talked about it before, you know, Wolfie, you're not doing enough. You're so stupid. Why are you doing, you know, you screwed up or whatever, you know, that that voice is, that ego that just continues to beat you up. I think that is um, enhanced as well. 
Oh, I agree. I, yeah, I've had to calm that one down too, you know, and just, yeah, it, it's a lot of self-criticism in that sense too, whatever that voice is. And it's just like, get behind me, Satan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that, you you know, there's nitpicky on one side and then you said being, you know, helping and being a service to others. It's almost, to me, like in my mind, it clashes because you're nitpicky and you want to help somebody, but then they, they just come back at you and make it so hard to right. help them. And you just want to scream. Yes. So like, because- I, I, Yeah. And I, maybe that's the part of the compassion because they're probably hearing that inner voice too. And when you're trying to help them, you know, they're probably battling their own little voice inside telling them how inept they are. And then we're trying to help. And then somebody's like shutting us down because it's like, Oh, I don't want your help because, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. Right. So yeah, that is kind of uh, oxymoronic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you legitimately, you do want to help them. And then they don't want your help, even though, I don't know. Anyways. Oh, I, yeah, I understand. I do. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's quite a doozy that I'm feeling. And I think for some of the signs, I, I know that it's funny, even my husband looked at some article this morning and it said that it's going to be hardest for Aries, Libras, and uh, Aquarians for this. Oh, really? or Those are the ones that will really feel that. Or... Obviously, if that's a, if those are heavy signs in your chart, like mm-hmm. if it's your, your moon or your, obviously, or your, um, your rising sign, you're really going to feel that. So, right. so yeah, that was interesting. So my husband's an Aries and I'm a Libra. So it's like, oh, wow, I just need to give him space or maybe he needs to give me space. <laughs> and so that's why I'm up here in the loft. <laughs> I am in timeout. Right. I deserve it. I deserve it. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Now, you're not an astrologer by trade, but you're very passionate about it, yes? Yes, I love it. I love it. It's so much more to learn, but I think when we start looking at the influences of that, it's pretty remarkable how it intertwines mm-hmm. with even the normal world, if you will. There was even an article, um, there's some aspects that are coming up, um, and from a stock market perspective, it mirrors another time, like, was it 2008 when that crashed, the stock market crashed? Um, there's a lot of similarities. So anyway, I digress. And it just fascinates me that people want to poo-poo it so much, mm-hmm. but really evidence to show sure. that it's beyond just coincidence right. that through the years and the time periods, um, that this is happening. So, so yes, I love it. I think there's a lot that we can learn about ourselves, uh, through astrology. Yeah. So what is this chakra dance? You're now a facilitator. What is all I, of that about? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny because it's more, um, it's really just a meditative dance practice. I think that's the best way to explain it. And I, I just came across it, I guess it's been a year and a half ago and it just really spoke to me. I heard it on Hay House Australia and Natalie Southgate's the creator of that. And so I went to her website and there are um, now it's actually offered on daily Ohm, um, that you, you know, which I love those courses because you can pay what, what you can afford, like anything from $15 to, to whatever you feel the course is worth. So if anybody's interested, you can go on there and for as much as $15, you know, go on and and try it out. So I love it doing that at home. I, you know, cause you can put your headphones on and the music is composed specifically for that chakra. And Natalie makes the music. She does singing bowls and then all of that. She, she collaborates um, with this gentleman called Dave Neuer, I think. So I started doing it and I was like, this speaks to my soul. I, I love moving to this guided meditation. And so long story short, I did this eight or ended up being nine months, but we went a chakra a month, deep dive. And then I said, I want to become a facilitator. And so even though that that might segue into what we were talking about mm-hmm. or what we're going to talk about today. Um, but I, I became certified. And so now I am just kind of like on the very beginning realms of that, trying to find places to teach, seeing what the interest is here, you know, and, and if there's not where to go from there, because I do think it's such an important thing 
in my life. And I, I don't know, I don't know where it's going to lead. But uh, for now, I'd love to share it with as many people as, as possible. Of course, it sounds beautiful. And so yeah, that is a great segue about what I thought we could talk about today is mm-hmm. about like your, your blog post of feel the fear and do it anyways. Your blog post kind of says like you felt something, but there was always that inner voice oh, I need to, it's not the right time. I have to wait, you know, until summer for the holidays till I, you know, get in shape and all this stuff. So like, exactly. was it a true, what were you, do you know, now going through the course, do you know what like your fear was? Like, what was your fear behind that? You know, wow. You know, what's funny is I'm just going to say perfectionism, which you talk about Virgo mm. moon issues. Isn't that just interesting. But I think that I've always had this fear as if I can't give a quality product or if I can't do it perfectly, I don't want to do it. And then, but the, the irony of that is, well, I think twofold. I don't think any of us are perfect. And I certainly don't care if I go somewhere, if somebody is passionate about something, I'm more interested in the energy that they're bringing, whether it's perfect or not. And secondly, that gets in the way of me absorbing and also exuding what, what the purpose is. And that's to, to, to share this. Right. So, but if I get hung up on the ego aspect of me being perfect, you know, with that fear, then I'm not going to be able to move forward anyway with, with the kind of integrity really that I, I think is needed from the heart. Right. That's interesting that you say perfectionism, of, you know, like you said, making excuses, delaying, waiting. For me, feel the fear and do it anyways is getting out of your comfort zone. So right. did you feel that that, I mean, you've had a lot of training and a different, a lot of different modalities. Why was A, this out of your comfort zone? For me, my comfort zone was, I took an acting class a couple years ago. And I have always been interested in like, uh, entertainment and media and things like that. So, and like the behind the scenes of movies and TV. And right. so I found a local acting class and I did it. And let me tell you the first night I thought I was going to throw, like, I thought I was going to die. It's like speech class. Like I just thought oh, I was yeah. going to throw up. I thought instantly I'm going to have to get up in front of, you know, a room full of people and do something that I know nothing about. And I really was scared to death, but acting is so not that. I mean, yes, you do have to get up in front of people and do crazy things, but there's so much more to acting than meets the eye. So I had a great class, you know, great teacher. So it was just made it easier. And everybody couldn't believe by the end of class that I was like scared to death because I was a lot more comfortable. So it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I don't even know what I thought it would be. I just knew that I was like scared to death. So I don't know if for me, if it was perfectionism, like I'd have to do it right the first time, you know, but what besides perfectionism, like, were you fearful in any way of doing it? Was it getting out of your comfort zone, taking this class or trying a new modality? I think teaching. It's it's really interesting. I think that, and it's funny because I, you and I both, I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I could see you completely going into that acting class and just kicking butt because you're, you're such a natural, both you and I, it's very easy to talk to strangers and that kind of thing. And I think from another person, me looking at you, for instance, I'm like, why in the world would she be scared of that? And I think people think the same, like, why would you be scared of getting in front of people? You talk to people in the, you know, the grocery store, what's the big deal? But there's something, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's my voice coming out on a, on a microphone through a speaker. Is it, it, you know, there's just this fear, like it made me like shake, you know, how that adrenaline, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And then once it's done, it's like you said, it's like, well, what, what was the big deal? I, I was prepared for it. And, and, you know, after doing it, it was fine. But I don't know if it's so certainly it's kind of the same thing. It's like it pushed me out of there because it's so much easier for me to be in a supportive role Like, let's say I would much rather it be you're teaching the class and then I'm there to assist you. Like I can be your toady and I will do whatever you need me to do. And, and I can probably even market your stuff, but there's something about me being the same stage that, that 
I guess, paralyzes me. Well, do you think that is related to what we now know as imposter syndrome? Wow. Yeah, probably so. You know, wow, like you, you know, yeah. you say you could be in supportive role, but you don't feel like, well, why would I be one to facilitate it? Not me. Everybody else right. can do it. I, I'm totally imposter syndrome. I like yes. you. I could, you know, support you all day long, but getting out in the, you know, being in the front or in the facilitating or leading it, it's like, who am I to be doing that? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I, I need one more training or yeah. I need to practice, you know, for eight more hours yeah. and, and, and yeah. listen to that music track like over and over and over and over again. And, you know, it's like, wow, it, does anybody, I mean, the people that actually get up and do it, do they go through that? I like us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I think the more that, that we talk to people about it, you realize that everybody has that. It's just how we handle it right. individually. But yeah, I love that you did that. I mean, it kind of makes me think of this Sex in the City episode where, remember where Carrie was doing um, an article and then she did the trapeze, the flying trapeze mm-hmm. class and because it, it was fear for her. And then finally, and it went through this whole thing and it was kind of a similar conversation throughout the show. But I think about that and it's like everybody has those obstacles. And, and I do think it makes us grow as people if we can, it, if we can press through that, nothing dangerous, of course, like, right, right. But, you know, but, but still it, it's interesting. And yeah, I just find it fascinating. Yeah. So, and for me too, getting out of my comfort zone, like, um, at the beginning of the year I had a, I, uh, the Sundance film festival has been on my bucket list for years. And so I finally had an opportunity to go with this very large group of people. The only person I would know would be somebody I went to high school with. And so I was sick. I was just so nervous and I almost canceled and I was thinking to myself, why did I book this ticket? Why did I say I would go, oh my gosh, I shouldn't go with all these people. I don't know. And of course, it's just the fear of the unknown. Because once I got there, everybody was great. You know, our accommodations were great. Everybody was just super helpful and nice. And, you know, nobody left you alone. I thought I was going to be alone. I have to fend for myself. And it's the total opposite. So what is that that makes us, is it just seriously just the unknown? Or is it, you know, our ego or something? Right. I wonder if it's a lot of root chakra because, you know, that's about support. That's about having a tribe. That's about feeling nurtured. And I don't know about you, but that triggers me. And and I realize that in my own family, what as I've started working with that root chakra, which is just that, like you're saying, feeling part of something, part of a tribe. I don't think I feel that way. I don't think I've ever felt that way. And so I think it's just, it it could be, first of all, ancestral. That could be something that was just passed down because we may have had the most nurturing mother and father in the world. But but yet, whenever it comes to situations like that, we want to feel like we belong. We want to feel safe and secure. So that's immediately what came to me about that. I, I find that really I understand that. And it's funny, I, I would, I would view that two ways because the way you were like worried that maybe they'd leave you out, I'd be worried that I'd be stuck with people and I wouldn't get my alone time necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and then I don't know these people. And then all of a sudden I'm stuck with them. You know, like I'm more like, what's my escape route? What <laughs> is that? But then again, that would be the opposite. It's still a root chakra issue because it's more about fear of me being vulnerable to someone and allowing mm. myself to be nurtured and cared for. Mm. Where you, you're the, you were open to like, yeah, it let me in. Let me, let me be accepted into this. Yeah, you know? and I want to so feel safe think, and supported. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So yeah, I find that interesting that same, same, only different, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another big thing that, I did, I, that I like kind of jotted down was in 2005, I studied abroad um, in Europe, in London. So I lived in London for three and a half months. And I remember being excited because I hadn't been to Europe and I was going to travel and all these things. But once I got on the plane, I mean, tears are streaming down my face. I was so afraid. And of course, 
I was with the school. So it's like I had that foundation. I had somebody to go to, you know, and in an assigned room. I didn't have to pick my roommate. And it all worked out. It was a fabulous experience, and I recommend it for everybody. But for you, has there been anything other than kind of not fulfilling your purpose that you feared that you ended up doing? And then you found out, like, why was I even scared? Right. I'm trying to think what what put me out of my, you know, I'm thinking about traveling because I immediately went to that. And that doesn't scare me. I mean, the first time I came to, to Hawaii, I was by myself. And I had never been here uh, with anybody. I'm trying to think if there's maybe swimming by myself, that probably swimming in the ocean, maybe that would be a good example. Because the times that I went and I went out on a boat, and I was always in the safety of people that had gone out before. And so I had that comfort. But then once I moved here, there was that fear of me, like I had a panic. And it was like, am I going to think about sharks? (laughs) Or am I going to, or you know what I mean? Or am I going to embrace this and get in the water and put on my big girl panties and go? And yeah, there were fearful moments. So yeah, that's probably one of the scariest things that I've done. And then it got to where I'm sure you've seen it on TV. If you've ever watched Iron Man, but where the um, swim lanes are down at the pier, they go out like, and they do the two mile and you just go out. And I got to where I would go out there by myself. I would swim by myself and swim with the dolphins out in the deep. And I was doing that every day. But at first, I wouldn't go that far. I would stay like close in. And then it was just like that, that gradual thing. But I would say that's probably that was the biggest thing for me until I now I um probably reckless where I'll just go anywhere. And I figure, well, if I get eaten, so be it. But we don't have that. So I don't want to scare anybody. And if you come here, please do not think you're gonna, we don't have that here. Right. Well, you know, I wonder what the statistics are anyways of getting attacked by a shark. There's more of a chance of you getting killed by a coconut landing on your head than there (laughs) is by a shark. No shit. Oh, pardon me. No, that's fine. No lie. No lie. This is an explicit (laughs) podcast. (laughs) I forgot about that. Good. Good. My potty mouth will be just fine. Yes. Oh my gosh. gosh. But it's true. That's true statistic. Wow. So like your whole life, you've just been... No fear or what? Is that what you're saying? I think maybe I, you know what? More of my fears are maybe not external things. I think maybe my fear would be more of hurting people. I have probably kept myself from doing things that I want to do out of fear for either disappointing, hurting somebody's feelings, putting somebody out. I think that's, that is what I where my fear lies. And there's a lot there. And even now, I mean, I have this supportive husband and I would love to go to Australia and I will, but the thought of, there's a lot of factors that I internalize about that, where there's a lot of people that just would be like, you know what, I'm giving my notice. I'm going to take, I'm going to go, I'm going to try to get a work visa. And I don't have that ability. That's my fear is, And that's kind of conceited now that I think about it, because I'm like, people, you can't live without me. (laughs) You You need me here. And that's it. And so that that's really wow. I haven't thought about that either. Maybe that's something that going back to that root chakra where I want to feel needed. I want to feel like I'm part of something. But like in your podcast, you know, a couple months ago, you had mentioned something about worrying about talking to your husband about something. And you went and said, I'm going to quit or whatever you did. And he was like, okay, cool. So like, you know, we internalize this voice of it would create problems that are probably not even really there, too, as well. It's true. And like we talked about too, and when we do that enough, it creates those thought forms in our aura. So then we start having these little invisible voices that are telling us, which feeds the the monster because that's what it is. And then, and then by the, when we finally confront the dragon, it, it just disappears, you know? So that's, yeah, I think mine is more, not a physical fear, but an internalized mental kind of thing. But what about for you? Um, I think it's, well, I, part of that too, definitely 
you know, living up to somebody's expectation or how, yeah, just disappointing somebody or uh, going against a belief system of, you know, other people of what you should be doing versus what you want to do. And so that's part of why I created this podcast of the no regrets is research shows that, you know, one of the top regrets of people who are dying are living for other people, you know, doing, yes. you know, staying around and doing things that, that we don't want to do for fear of other people, what other people may think or disrupting the status quo or no, you should be doing this and not that. So I think it's part of that too, but it's, there's things that I want to do. Like traveling by myself really isn't scary, but for some reason, and that was part of like going to Park City for the film festival was, you know what, I should just wait, go by myself. I don't have to, you know, be a burden to anybody in the sense of I have this heart problem and the elevation was going to be tough. I'm on medication. I'm on diuretic. So my gosh, you know, there's going to be... 14 people in this condo, which there wasn't. <laughs> and, you know, one bathroom, which there was like three and a half. You know, like, there you go. So, but yeah, I thought about all those things like, oh my gosh, what if I can't pee when I have to pee? And I'm this, the elevation's going to kick my ass. I'm going to slow people down and I don't want to be intrusive and I don't want to be a burden and all these things. And then it was so not like that. Not but every- those seem like some legitimate concerns. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's the, the whole bathroom and the, the yeah. elevator. I'm sorry. That sounds legitimate to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support you on that. Well, thank you. And But everybody was great. You know, I mean, my friend from high school was like, are you okay? You know, like, or uh, Park City, the main road is like kind of at an incline. And so walking up and down the main drag all day. And I just, people would keep a pace that I couldn't keep. And, you know, everybody would have, not everybody, but most people would have a pace that I just probably couldn't keep up on a normal day. And I'm like, okay, I can't breathe. Like, we need to stop. Thank you. Yeah. But everybody was fine, you know, I think. And I don't want to play the heart patient card. But on one hand, I feel like I have to explain myself to make it like people don't think I'm out of shape or lazy or whatever and it's That's all in my head so you know? moon, it's judgment judgment you know we're always afraid somebody's going to judge us for that when we're just trying to self-care right yeah so I would uh, yeah there's just things of I think for me it's more of the fear of the unknown like taking this acting class I had no idea what I'd be walking into and it turned right. out to be fine and I think most if not all the time when we go and do something that we're afraid of, it's never that bad. So it's, it's just all our internal chatter. It is. It just makes up these stories and w- what is substantiating it. Right. It's usually just our own talk in our heads. And I'm sure that somewhere there, there's some experience we had somewhere in the past that maybe wasn't that significant that planted a seed for that too and maybe through the years that's kind of just been there and so these little experiences maybe trigger why we kind of go there mentally I don't know but most of the time I think and I think it's how we're wired I think a lot of us uh, you know overthink things oh absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah, our belief systems, definitely. Like you mentioned earlier, it could be ancestral. It could just be yes. passed down. And so we don't know why we're afraid of something, but maybe our parents or our grandparents were afraid of something. And so that just kind of get ingrained into our mind that this, whatever this is, X, Y, Z, is scary. Or yes. you don't do this. You do this. Exactly. You, know, you always play and- it safe or you don't or whatever. And also when you share, again, I think it makes me think like sometimes I think I come across as secretive because I don't want to share certain ideas. Um, kind of like what I talked about, like sometimes whenever you're, especially if you're in a project or something, you want to just surround it with people who are going to lift you up and, and want you to do the best. But I think about, for instance, um, I wouldn't want to share things with my grandma because she had certain fears of things. And so if you share those things with particular friends or family members, and then they start feeding the negativity toward it, I think then that can also 
add to the fear that you probably already had anyway to to do something new to to step out and do that and and so I think we also have to be very careful about maybe who we share that with absolutely yeah yeah and not to say that you should only talk to people who are only positive and uplifting right but you're right you Definitely don't want to share something that you already know that person's going to be able to find everything wrong with it versus what is right or positive for yeah. sure. Because and, and like you're saying, I love that you were like, no, you don't want to isolate yourself because then it's like emperor's new clothes. You know, you you need to have a voice of reason too, somebody that you can go back and forth because there could be something that you're not oh, thinking sure. of Absolutely. doesn't make sense. And so, yeah, I, I completely agree with that, that, um, there's other other factors to consider for sure. But yeah, I, I do think that people can plant their little seeds. It's just oh, how, yeah. If we let them grow or not. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you've mentioned the root chakra a little bit, and I thought this would be a good time to kind of go through the chakras and what they mean for sure. somebody who may not know. Now the root chakra is the bottom chakra, which is red. And that's yes. your basic, what is it, pavilionial, basic need, you know, pyramid, right? Yes. Kind of. it, it, it actually, it's muladhara, <laughs> and that means literally root support. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's where we feel rooted and grounded and safe and secure. And then sacral. Yeah, sacral. And then I'll let you explain it. So, oh, on. no, no, I'll, I'll keep it simple. No, that, so and the, then we move up to that orange, and which is actually our creativity, but um, a sexual center, too. Um, and that one is um, means sweetness, actually. Uh, Svadhisthana means sweetness. But that's where our creativity is, where our, our divine feminine energy is, because it's a water element. Um, and then the solar plexus is yellow and so that one is just above the navel and so that one is uh, manipura which means um, lustrous jewel so you think about your own little vibrant yellow sun that's shining and of course that's real masculine energy that's that's the kind of get her done energy right the <laughs> that, power center right our yeah. power center yes and kind of like, as you think about it, like the, the root support, and then you come up and then you have these creative ideas. And then you're, you come to the male aspect, which is moving forward with those ideas, not just sitting with them anymore, we're actually bringing them to the world. And then we move up to the heart, which is green. And that is the meeting point of both our lower and our upper chakras. So it's this balance, this love, this cohesion, the, the blending of the you know, Shakti and the Shiva meeting there in the heart, right? Um, so obviously that's universal love and compassion. And then we move up to our throat chakra. That's communication, but in all forms. It's also our expression. It's whatever our expression is. So it can be through music and um, through even your artwork because it will work hand in hand too, right? Uh, with the other chakras. And it, and it vibrates a kind of a sky blue, a turquoisey sky blue. Um, and then we move up to the third eye or the Ajna, which is an indigo blue color of the night sky. And that literally means perceive and command. So it's all about focused intention. Uh, and that's where we co-create what our future is. We, that's where we house that, um, that energy to project the internal world into the, our outer existence. And then the crown, of course, is the lotus, and it is associated with violet. Um, and that is our connection to source, the divine. And then, of course, there are higher... Again, these are the basic seven right, chakras. Right, right, yes. We know that there's more, and those colors are third dimensional. But, uh, yeah, those are the basic seven. So our, when your chakras are open, they spin clockwise, correct? You know, this is really interesting. I have learned that it depends male and female. So for the root chakra for for women, that's going to run counterclockwise. For males, that will run clockwise because it's more the masculine energy. Now, with that said, then if, if people um, are are gay or lesbian too, that will it will go 
more toward either the feminine or masculine side, depending on, you know, their, their association. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as we move up, then for instance, the, um, sacral chakra on women would go clockwise. So it just, and then, then it, it, uh, alternates as it goes up. So as they're open and then one will affect the other. So sometimes if we say have some blockages in one, it's still going to affect those connecting chakras, obviously. But, but yeah, that, that is my understanding of, of the, of the way that they rotate. So when talking about fear though, can fear, what's my question? Can fear be prevalent if a, a chakra is out of balance or closed down or blocked? I think so. Yes. I think, and I think that in, it's probably has a lot to do with your solar plexus being probably a little bit clogged or dirty as well as your root, because that's fear. Anything fear-based is going to mean that you don't feel safe. So I would say that, and then you don't want to act on it. It's scary to move forward with that. So I think primarily those would be the two that are affected. Uh That makes sense. And then think about it. If those two are kind of like, well, then it's going to affect the the sacral, which is your creativity, which would be kind of the way that you could get out of that, right? So it's really, really interesting that even if we just do work on one, it's going to have that trickle down or trickle up <laughs> effect. Sure. What else do you think can cause a fear? So I, I, I think so far two things, our belief system, we have a lot of uh, limiting beliefs. And I wrote a blog post on my website at uh, thekatehutchinson.com on limiting beliefs and kind of a really down and dirty how you can find out what your limiting beliefs are on a subconscious level. Now, yes. we have the conscious ones feeling like, I'm not lovable or whatever. I'm not worthy. And then, you know, you work your way down to that bottom belief. And then there's certain things that you can do to pull that belief and put it with different virtues. And then it's kind of like, a, um, I look, I have this image of like Jenga, you pull the, you know, the bottom piece out yes. and the top all falls away. So you really want to get down to the, the root, if you will, for lack of a better word, a limiting belief. And so you can pull that and put in the good stuff. But then it also sounds like, you know, our energy systems, which are the chakras, could be blocked or there's something, a trauma-based situation that blocks it or makes it not working. What other things do you think could be causing a fear that causes fear in people? Wow. Well, yeah, I think you hit on all of them, right? I mean, if it's not going to be, if it's a something from our past that has triggered that, I'm just thinking, too, our belief system is how we think. So I would say, yeah, whatever our thoughts are. And that, I suppose, it doesn't necessarily have to be your belief system, but something that you've encountered even by reading or something of that nature. But I think we... It's quite simple when we think about it, right? I think there's just not a lot of things that contribute to that more than... Like trauma, limiting beliefs. Yeah. Energetically, we're shut down. Because those, I think, energy is triggered by those other elements in that. Because I think that's how we're affected. Because if you think about it, it's all here first in the body. And then as that begins... it. They work together like I almost see this accordion effect, right? That so if this is not working properly in our our body or our belief system, then it's going to shower out into the ripple out, and then that's going to affect the energetic portion is then going to ripple back in, and it's just a soup of it. So yeah, I just think I think you can't um, separate them. I think everything is so intertwined that you can't necessarily have one thing that's causing that sure. factor because they're all so interwoven. Yeah. I think I read somewhere recently where it's like our thoughts create our emotions, our emotions do, you know, whatever the yeah. the layers are. And then it's it's wreaking havoc on all these unseen things. And then it manifests into the physical world, right? Whether, yeah. you know, illness or... True. Our external world is mirroring back to us what we're putting out. 
energetically. But it all starts with our feelings or emotions and whatever the, the ripple effect is, I should say. You're, you're right. And I guess whenever I said it starts within, it's not really the physical body because you're right. The last manifestation of that would be an illness or dis-ease in most cases. Now I, I, and I would want to say that sometimes I think too, that we, it, depending on where we are, um, in that circle of, um, incarnation, we might bring something in that, that we already know that we're going to bring into this world physically that just to teach other people and and that kind of thing. But the majority of the time, I think it's something that we have probably co-created because of the thought pattern. Yeah. And when you, what came to mind when you said incarnation, so there's a great book, is it Dr. Brian Weiss? Um, Yes. Many lives, many masters. Yes. He's going to be speaking. I think I got something from Hay House if people are interested because I think he's going to be speaking somewhere. So people. Oh, can really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him God, years and years ago. It was one of the first like spiritual books I ever read. And I was just so enthralled with it because he was a psychologist. Like that's his trade. And he believed he was totally into science. And then he had this patient that came to him and she had all these fears you know, choking or, you know, mostly physical manifestations. And so he tried everything and it was just, it was getting worse and worse and worse, these fears. And then he decided to hypnotize her and she started talking kind of funny. And he's like, what are you wearing? And then she would describe what she was wearing. And he's like, what year is it? And she would be like, 1895 or whatever some and then he just started recording her because he couldn't believe it and so he worked with her and as he realized that all these situations were happening in a past life and then as they came to what would you call it like they realized what it was that fear one by one her fears went away is that right Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. It, it was amazing. That, it is. And I, you know, that's funny because I think that was such a gateway book for a lot of us. And I remember, I, I remember exactly who gifted that to me. And, and, you know, it, it's so funny that that's also is one that you significant was significant for you. But I think that's, what's so important about especially people who are scientifically based. And that's why, look at him, what he's done for, for healing on so many levels. But I do believe that. Yeah, I do believe that if you didn't deal with that, maybe if you also had um, a traumatic death in another life, and you, you know, and then when you passed over, maybe you didn't deal with it properly. Then, of course, when you incarnate, if there's unfinished business, then you're going to have those come back in. And so that is such an important tool to be able to to heal that. So, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, I think it's I think that's another reason why, too. It's more, you know, on a soul level, what our fears are. Yeah, what we can, you know, came here to overcome or learn. Yes. So what, how would you describe or how would you explain chakra dance and your interest in all these different modalities to a person who may not be open to it or somebody who's really new to this kind of language that we're talking? Sure. Actually, I think it's a soft and gentle way to be introduced because what it is is just guided imagery and so we we gather in a circle and so there's there's nothing no holding hands none of that weird stuff um <laughs> we just sit and and the first thing we do is just simply turn on a little music and then we just come in the space there's not anything a uh, couple of minutes and then we kind of have a discussion about what chakra dance is or what that chakra is for the that um, week and then we move everything out of the way the lights go down and you can either put on like a mask or or close your eyes and again that music is specifically composed for whatever chakra that we're working with and you know some people get images some people don't there's no right or wrong and I think the important thing is 
why I love it is because it's so gentle. And Natalie tells a story about a woman who came to her classes for years and years. And she said she never saw anything. She never got any tingling. She, you know, but she, she came to the class, she enjoyed the music and she enjoyed the dancing. But as the years went on, her life gradually improved. Like she was on assisted living um, with with a single mother. She was a single mother. And then as the years went on, she ended up like finding this wonderful job. She found stability. She got a house. So with that said, I think that it is a perfect modality because I don't think that it puts people in too much of an uncomfortable zone because we're in this safe womb-like kind of uh, area. Nobody has to share. You don't have to, you're not being forced to, to pair up with somebody and do anything. And then what I love about it is after the dance, we just gather back in the circle and then each person has um, just a piece of paper and we take pastels and you kind of pour whatever you got in that dance into there. Sometimes you may just get colors. And again, it's so soft and gentle, th- that Jungian um, basis of it, that you're not getting energy work. So anyway, I, I think that it it's good for beginners, but then I think also it's good for people who have had experience in, in energetic healing, because then you can take that and also use that in the dance at the same time. That was a long, yeah. was a long <laughs> no, thing. No, it was perfect. <laughs> but I mean, for, you know, we, I think, Generally speaking, I think most of us would agree that music in general is healing. So you it's and then meditation. I mean, meditation is huge right now and there's scientific research to back it up that it is healing and lowers the blood pressure and you know, there's health benefits to it. So it's a combination of all that, you know, music, dance, just general moving of your body is healthy, right? It's good to get that blood flowing. And for some people, it can be an exercise practice, you know, depending on how much you want to move during the practice, that too. And you do that 15 minutes a day on your own, you know, that's it totally can can transform. For instance, Tai Chi is a great example of using movement in the body along with that energy work. But we want to get the body moving because that opens up the meridians, which we're working on an energetic level, but a physical level too, because they go hand in hand. And same with the dancing. I think it's just finding what element speaks to you. Yoga, for instance, you know, that, that sometimes people would prefer that. Of course, you can do all of them, all right, of the right, above, right, right, right. you know, but, but I think it's just interesting and it just happens to be that this is something that speaks to me because I love, I love dance and I love, and I love music. And of course, I don't know if we said it again this time, but it's spontaneous dance. There's, there's no set moves. Nobody can do it wrong. Even if you just want to sit there and sway, it's just, you're allowing that music to just come into your field and it kind of just breaks up anything that is not working. And, and you'll get indicators if, if there's, if maybe we're working on say the solar plexus chakra and you feel like, Oh, I just can't get into the movement of that. That just would probably be an indicator that that's one that needs to be worked on, but then we don't judge. Then it's just like, okay, I'm just going to sit here in this. I'm going to listen. I'm just going to let it wash over me. And because it's still doing the work. Oh, good. So the music is doing the work. Yes. And just listening even to whatever the imagery is, because it's, it's having that subconscious effect, whether, whether you're like feeling like you're totally into it. Cause there've been dances, there've been days that I've done them and I'm just like, or your mind wanders and you're like, what am I going to have for dinner? And then you're like, Oh my gosh, get back in here. You know? And I still feel the benefit of that because I'm better off doing the practice. And yeah. And then I think too, by, by doing that and then doing the activity and then I think when we sleep at night, I am a firm believer. I think we all know this, that um, we reset. And I think that that's time for us to process healing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, that's true. I agree. What if you're not sleeping well? I have been having really weird dreams too the last couple nights. I'm like, am I going like to another world or something? Because it's so, I can't even recall it, but I just know thinking like, this is weird. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I do. I, I think we do go to different planes and, and depending on 
where you are on your spiritual journey. I, I think a lot of times that we've already made this um, contract with ourselves that, that we do that. We can go over to other planes. We can go to schools that are in different dimensions that we're learning. We can do healing work if we, we are healers. And, you know, you could be doing all kinds of things. And sometimes that makes you wake up exhausted, right? Yeah. Because you've been out and about and doing work. So absolutely. I, I think that, and with the full moon energy too, I think that it's probably very active for you right now. So that makes sense why you're, you're probably a busy little bee. Because, <laughs> oh yeah, you're a Pisces. I am. So yeah, this is your season. So no wonder too, you know, you're, you're really feeling it right now. So um, Angela is in Hawaii. She's on the big island of Hawaii. And if you happen to be listening from Hawaii, one of my listeners, if you're, she is hosting or you're teaching a class uh, next month in April, April 7th at the Anna Ranch Heritage, Heritage Center. Yes. So her calendar can be found on her website at dancinglight808.com. And do you think you'll be hosting any uh, virtual classes? You know, that's, you brought that up. That is such a great idea. I, I hadn't really thought about that, but I think that maybe I want to see what the, the interest is maybe here, but I like the idea of that in the, in the future. That might be something good, especially if I start traveling more, right? So that would be kind of fun to do that in different locations. Um, so I don't know. Thank you for planting that, that seed. I think you should. I think you would get a lot more interest because I'd never heard of Chakra Dance until I spoke to you a couple months ago. And it does. It sounds now a typical class isn't you mentioned doing a chakra a month. That was to become a facilitator, correct? But like a normal class for anybody just participating would be like one class or is there a series? There's usually a series. So the, the way that it that it was set up is that it does it in nine week cycles. So if you if a, a cycle is beginning, you, the first class you meet together, and then you do your dance is actually going through all of the chakras. It gives you a litmus for where you are, and then the next week, then you begin with that root chakra, and then you work your way up, and then there's an integration class. With that said, I think Natalie's vision for it at first is to have people sign up so that you get the full benefit. But I think just having a drop-in class would be acceptable. And so those classes can either be an hour to an hour and a half for a basic nine week cycle. But my vision, what I'm hoping and, and what kind of just organically came together is to do it on these full moons. I think that's such a powerful time. And so that's why I'm choosing the heart chakra because next month's full moon will be in Libra and that's Venus guided. And so I don't know, I'd love to see I think that it would be more, I think people just don't want to have to commit to something, right? It's, it's kind of hard to commit to a nine-week cycle for most of us. We have, uh, our jobs require that we maybe have to be a little more flexible with our work schedule and that kind of thing. But I'm kind of seeing more of an aspect where maybe we don't do a chakra necessarily a week, but maybe do something that is applicable even to the moon cycle, because I think maybe that can be just as powerful, if not more. Absolutely. Wow, that sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Yeah. So to kind of wrap up, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but what can people do to get past a fear? Wow. I, I mean, for me, I would think, asking yourself some questions like, is it rational? <laughs> yeah. is, you know, is it rational? Are you, you know, what's the narrative that you're playing by? You know, are you going by uh, assumptions? Like you think it's going to be this way, but you really don't know. I mean, that's the kind of inner talk, like, you know, the little rational mind on the side going now, are you being realistic? I mean, for yes. me, that's kind of worked for me. And like, well, uh, going back to this trip to Sundance was, well, I don't know until I go. And if it's horrible, it's five days, I'll live through it. I can do yes. five days if it's totally awful. It wasn't, not even close, but that's what I thought. It's five days and then I'll know what it's all about and I don't have to go back next year. Right. And thing. I think that's smart. I think that's smart. You've got to have that rational conversation 
about that. And like we talked about earlier, it's like, I need an escape plan sometimes. Right. And so you can't just woo woo yourself all through. We've got to have a balance, right? We've got to be spiritually connected, but we've also got to also be rooted and grounded in, in practicality for that. So I completely agree with you. Make a list of pros and cons and, and sit there. And like you said, what is this rational? I love that. Yeah. It's funny when you said an escape route, what come to mind? I remember my mom used to always say, you know, make sure you have mad money. And it's more, she was talking about being in a relationship or something like having your own money so you can get out. But even if you go on a date or, you know, anything that you have the, you have the means to get out, right? Yes. And that, it's not always about money, but transportation or a friend to call. You have your cell phone or whatever yes. those things are, right? Um, if you're in another country, like you've kind of done your research, you know where your embassy is or something, you know, or you, yeah. can, you know how to go into an internet cafe and look it up or, you know, kind of a, and I'm not doing this to make people be overprepared and fear the worst, but you know that like, okay, worst case scenario is can I'm mobile, I can get around, I have the money to take a cab, I don't have to rely on public transportation. I mean, these are just basic things that are coming to my mind. But I think most people would understand, like, again, the rationale, are you prepared? It's like we, you know, very military-like, but the second and third order effects. You you need to, th- you know, the, there's always, like Tad always said, the good idea fairy. And then you need to <laughs> yes. take it, and then you have to say, okay, well, if I do do this, then what would be the next thing that's probably going to happen? And then there. And then if that happened, you know, it's, it's like you said, you don't want to get meticulous then and crazy and then take away, you know, suck the fun out of it. But, but you do, I think it's really important to think those things through like yeah it'd be great to go to Iceland but you know think about all of the you know the things that you need to think about uh, sure with with that so yeah I, I completely agree and because I, I do think there's an energetic aspect too so in, in alignment with what you're saying then I would say just doing some meditation and maybe just sitting with the idea of that and see where that you feel that in your body um, and just sit for maybe 15 minutes, lie, lie there and just kind of like, how do I feel when I think about this thing that I want to do? And where do I see this going? And just allow your mind to do that and then just sit with it. I think that's the, very important and get out of your head a little bit and then just feel it in your body because I think our body can give us really if your heart starts feeling excited about it, then you know that, okay, this is something I need to explore. You know, whereas if you get this pit in your stomach and it makes you feel nauseous, then you should heed that warning too and wonder why you're feeling that way. If you're getting clear and visible signs in your body, yay or nay. Oh yeah. So that you bring up a good point, especially when making a decision, right? And maybe this is not really a fear thing. Well, it could be depending on what decision you have to make. Do I go to Alaska for the summer or do I not yeah. go to Alaska for the summer, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so I always do almost like a body check. Okay. What if I said yes to this? How do I feel? I, if I made that decision today, what does yes feel like? And then I go, what does no feel like? As if I'm going to, you know, that was my decision. And usually your body will tell you like, yes. Ooh, it doesn't feel good or yeah, like I'm excited, like the whole Sundance Film Festival. I was so excited. It's been on my bucket list. I get to go. But then there was this fear. So I'm like, I got to go. I got to check it off the, the bucket list, no matter how bad it is. But you, but I love that. Yeah, that's a so great that's a I great always, you know, just pose both sides. Okay, yes, no. How do I feel? Yeah. So you're right. That. Totally, you know, just putting it, letting it go in your body for sure. I, I, I love recently had a friend make a decision on something and I knew it wasn't probably the best decision, but she went on with it. And, you know, I will tell you her body legitimately broke out in hives. Before oh my God. She did it. And so I wanted so bad to be like, this is your body telling you, you shouldn't be doing this. But the ball was already in motion. There was nothing that it was going to do anyways. But it's like, yep, your body will always tell you in some form or another. 
so true. It does not lie. It does not lie to us at all. And that's difficult too, isn't it? To see somebody and then you get this really um, visceral response and and the answer, like, you know, sometimes somebody will ask you something and in my mind, it's either like a very yes or no, like you just blurt it out. But if they don't want to listen to it, that's their, their path too. And so it's difficult sometimes to sit back and let somebody just be on their journey. Obviously, if they're in an abusive relationship or something like that, totally different. Right. Yeah. We have to intervene with that. But I'm saying in general with, with just life choices, sometimes we have to let, let them play out on their own. Right. So that those people can learn their lessons. Yep. And another, um, thing that I've read, and it's probably a meme somewhere on the internet, but, you know, <laughs> sorry, I almost spit out your coffee. No, right. like, <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. I love memes. I love them. Um, <laughs> you know, um, if you're afraid, that's where you should be headed. Like, that's yeah. the direction. Obviously, not towards a bear or something or a moving train, <laughs> right. but... Or a clown. Or a clown. Yeah. In the sewer. (laughs) I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, no thanks. Um, I think the new one with that is I've got hand sanitizer down here or something. I'd rather get the virus. No, no, no. No, no, no. And then cancel clear, delete what I just said. Um, But kind of going back to your journey of deciding to become a chakra dance facilitator is you were feeling a fear, but you knew it was your purpose. And right. so it's kind of like that's where you needed to head, where your fear was telling you not to go. And then the flip side of that is if you told yourself when you're making the decision, yes, I feel good, passionate about this, I'm scared. But if you said no, then another question I ask myself is, will I regret it if I don't? And Love that's it. where my whole like never wonder what if, right? Yes. You do whatever and it doesn't work out. At least now you know what's on the other side of that mountain, right? Or that wall instead Mm -hmm. of just wondering, God, I wish I would have opened that door to see what was inside. Yes. You know, I think regret has a big thing with it too. Yeah. And, and I love what you're saying too, because it's, it's, it's a fine line because yes, there's that fear, but to me, it's like, oh, should I do it? But then there's no hesitation in hitting the buy now button, right? Like there's, there's something about like, if I'm willing to just do it and then there's, I I have no worries about it at all. It's like, no, this is what I need to do. It's almost like it supersedes the the excitement and the, the clear knowing supersedes whatever that fear is. I think it's very clear because if fear is dominant, you're not going to be willing to go forward with it is what I think. I think it's natural to feel some sort of apprehension or fear anytime that we're stepping out of an energy level because it's, it's different. And if you're stepping out of something, it's like putting on a new pair of shoes. Right. Yeah, I did that. I made the decision. I bought my airplane ticket. And then afterwards I was like, Oh my God, I don't want (laughs) to like, right. You know, okay. I bought the plane ticket again. You know, if this five days is horrible, then (laughs) you know, I'll learn my lesson. And it just was so the opposite of that. So I think just our narrative and the stories we make up are probably the basis of most people. Why they don't, you know, what are people going to think? And I'm going to disappoint this person. But at the end of the day, are you going to regret not doing it? it and I love that. The, the, it, it's exactly, and I don't want to. I don't want to have that. I don't want to be 90 years old and, and sit there and go, why didn't I just do it? Nobody would have died if I just right. went and did what I wanted to do. Yep. So, okay, let's wrap up this. Some tips to get over your fear. Is it rational? What are you telling yourself? Research some facts. Don't overthink it. And just have fun and enjoy life. Right? Right on. Here, here. <laughs> and don't, yeah, don't wait. Yeah, don't it's wait. It's too short. Yeah. Lately, I've been feeling literally like I'm going to die. And I don't know if it's a rebirthing type thing, but I'm like, I got to get stuff done because you know, it goes by so fast. It's interesting because we may have already talked about it, but in your wheel of the year, as you are approaching your birthday, you're in a Saturn period, which think about Saturn is about the destroying of it. it it's, it's actually 
the manifestation of negative karma time. So every time that like 50 days leading up to our birthday every year, we have all of that hitting us. So all this stuff is coming at you on your birthday. You're going to shift into the sun period and it's going to be like, Da, 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 da. And so that's what you're going to leave all that behind. You're just, you're dealing with whatever this is and you're releasing all of it. So just, just know it's coming to an end. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's yeah. so I've been like, I've got to check things off this bucket list and forget my fear. because I just need to do it. So thank you right. for that. Yes. Yes. So yeah. Fret not come Wednesday. You're going to be, you're going to be shifting. <laughs> So any closing thoughts to our listeners? I I think we covered it all, but I I love this. Oh my gosh, well, good. I just We're love gonna have to do it again. You. Okay. Likewise. I love it. And well, I love reading your blog and and all of that too. And I didn't get to talk a whole lot about that, but yeah, I love I love what you're doing and um, I'm just so grateful. Oh, thank you. Well, Angela can be found on her website at dancinglight808.com and she's on Facebook, yes. Twitter, and Instagram. I am. She is there. Check her out. Well, thank you, Angela. Thank you, my darling. I appreciate your time. And a happy early birthday to you. Oh, thanks. Thank you for listening to the No Regrets podcast with Kate. Be sure to subscribe. You can find this podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or your favorite listening app. Please be sure to subscribe and follow me on Instagram at No Regrets Podcast with Kate.